Hi, this is Gabriel Wagner and I'm here with Chloe Grant. And today we will be discussing the topic of reopening our schools. We want to give our take on what the future will look like, given the information we have regarding Miami-Dade County COVID rules and regulations. So Chloe, what now? We've already done online school. The numbers are, are starting to level off. What's, what's the future? Well, it looks like Miami-Dade County is looking at reopening the schools. They're evaluating October 5th, hoping to push forward the date um, that we go back in. Um, I think it's still concerning, even though we're seeing that the infection rate is going down now at 7%, there are still 160,000 cases of COVID in Miami-Dade County and over 2,500 deaths. The current metric is 21 new Miami-Dade cases are reported daily, which is concerning. I mean, if you think about 21 people having COVID per day and spreading it to their families, that those numbers, you put them into perspective. It's an exponential growth, especially since when we go back to school, that'll only increase more. It's not only the students we're endangering, but the teachers themselves. You could kind of imagine it as a boulder rolling down the hill and we've been able to slow it down, but that boulder is still moving. If we were to ease up even a little bit, that boulder is going to be exponentially increasing in speed and we might not be able to stop it again, which is a big concern when it comes to disease metrics. They're exponential. Do you think that it's smart overall to go back in person or do you think that we should just continue online? I think that there are very real benefits to returning in person, you know, having an actual education. I can speak from experience that online school has not had me nearly as motivated as I would be in classroom setting. However, right now, our number one concern is safety. I believe that is the district's concern and that's my personal concern as well. So I don't see us returning by that October 5th date. They might, they might, it might be considered, it might really be entertained as a real possibility, but with the current numbers, I, I don't think it's a possibility. I don't know though, because even though the district is still reviewing this, Carvalho is still reviewing this, um, DeSantis and the county as a whole have been reopening things left and right. I mean, beaches are reopening with masks. We're seeing social distancing kind of disappearing. Uh, yes, it's still regulation to have groups less than 10 in one sitting, but uh, restaurants are now opening at 50% capacity with indoor seating. Mm -hmm. Movie theaters are still closed, but they're planning to reopen come September. Bowling alleys, skating rinks, auditorium, arcades, all of these community fun places where kids especially like to gather um, after being locked and cooped inside for six months are going to reopen. So even if the district decides it's not safe to return to school, we're still going to see people returning to the community. Yeah, while there is not a definitive date on all of those recreation centers, activities, arcades, uh, they will have to reopen eventually. And the more things we start to reopen, the more reasons we'll have to reopen those as well. And I think once you start getting the ball rolling of reopening schools, uh, it's going to be difficult to stop. Uh, so I think, you know, arcades are going to follow, auditoriums are going to follow, all the things that have been closed for so long that, you know, by design, congregate people in tight and close spaces, it could make our disease numbers just shoot right out of the roof. So safety-wise, I think it's hands down not the best idea to go back, but educationally, socially, and just at a mental stability standpoint, I think it's an overwhelming reaction to wanting to go back to school, not only by you know, freshmen, but also by juniors and seniors. It's not just underclassmen that want to go back. It's yeah, definitely. everybody across the board. Yeah, with that, I think we should take a look at some student quotes. We have Ariana Peña, Peña. 
Peña, a senior. She says, I know I would love to go back to school in person, especially as a senior, but the risks right now are so high. I don't know uh, how confident I am that it will be safe. So that goes back on the aspect of socially, yes, it would be wonderful. We want to celebrate. Me as a senior myself, I want to be able to celebrate my senior year. I want to be able to wear my senior crown. Um, that should definitely win the senior crown contest. Um, in person, at school, I want to see all of my teachers, but it's just not safe. Is that added stress worth it? You know, it's a major concern. We're not even sure how sustainable online school is. You know, student quotes from the first week. We have one from an anonymous student here. I can see why they don't want to be named. But regarding the K-12 platform, they said that the work they had to do was boring and useless and the call barely worked. The site was super hard to get onto and all in all, the site sucked. I mean, a sophomore, uh, Valeria Pacheco, said that it's definitely not the best experience, but that she's trying to keep things positive during virtual school. And I really do appreciate, and I think the teachers appreciate students that are keeping a positive outlook. I know that I've been a little negative towards everything, just because I am a senior. Senioritis is a very real thing, even though it's the fifth day of school. But it's very difficult to keep up that positive feeling when just everything seems to just be slumping downwards. It's difficult to stay motivated, I think, in an online environment because there's not that real connection that you're making with your teachers. You know, you're seeing them on a Zoom call and then after about 45 to 50 minutes, you're dreading and wondering why you're on here and you're just listening to them explain the syllabus for the 13th time. Another anonymous student says that they feel like going back to school would be a death sentence. We all know that almost everyone is going to walk around without a mask, cough on desks, not use hand sanitizer, and we can't even wash our hands since the school never has soap. From experience, I know that, that I, I can, I can agree is, with that. I can agree but, with that. But most part, even in the new building, which is considered to be like the nicer part of the school, not the newest one that's being made at the moment. Um, the 9,000 building. It's just there. Yeah, new. It was about like three years ago. New. But, oh, wow. Um, How the time flies. Oh, God. It zooms. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate everything. Uh, um, online school joke. Jeez. In the 9000s building, there's rarely toilet paper. We're not seeing a lot of soap. Uh, we don't have paper towels half the time. We can't control license school. How are we going to control Corona? Definitely. It's, it's a real concern. That's why I can't, I, I keep on saying it over and over again, but I haven't really justified it because of all those reasons, because it's going to be difficult to have a cluster of students in a classroom accurately, you know, separate it out it's gonna be difficult to do if we want to do a and b days and we want to separate those how are you gonna make a block schedule work with alternating school days in order to reduce the populace it's just there's a lot of factors that go into making in-person school work with COVID-19 and it's gonna be difficult especially on that note I spoke to a teacher who wants to remain anonymous um but something that they said was their concerns with being able to socially distance within class uh, they said, how can a teacher fit a classroom of 30 inside a class that keeps them six feet apart? There's no way with the overcrowding in our school halls, even if they want to cut down student population by half. At Gables, we have over 800 students a class, over 3,500 students in the school itself. There's absolutely no way to keep it safe. The teacher believes that not a lot of students are taking the pandemic seriously and that they don't want to bring that home to their family. So we don't even have to get just the students in school. We have to make the teachers want to go back. And how can you convince a teacher to go back when they see all the germs and snot kids carry with them all day with COVID going on? Yep. Now let's just say like best case scenario, maybe what, 50% of students stay home? That's still, it's a really large group of students. That's like, well, correct me if I'm wrong here. 
So like 1,700, 1,800 students like go to school. There's a lot of kids. And then even when you start divvying them up, you still get a lot of kids, easily over a thousand. There's hallway traffic. There's going to be bathroom usage. There's going to be a lack of washing hands. There's people sneezing into their hands, shaking hands with other, I mean, we don't really shake hands, fist bumps, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Kids are disgusting. We know this. It goes same with high schoolers. I have a lot of friends who their grandparents live with them. How is, how are they supposed to justify going back to school to kind of get that social environment when it puts their family in danger? And how can they do that with a clear conscience? They can't. There's no way. They can't. On that note. On that note. Um, when it comes to students and their feelings with going back to school, you interviewed. I interviewed my good friend, Daniel Goldenberg. Let's hear him now. Hello, what is your name? Daniel Goldenberg. How has online school been so far for you? Well, Zoom and Teams have been decent for the most part. Like we've been having some technical issues or I mean, teachers have been having some technical issues, but it's certainly not K through 12, which is extremely slow and lacking of material. Mm-hmm. For IB classes or AP classes, it actually didn't contain any of the necessary material whatsoever. Has yeah, that been exactly. an issue for you? Yeah, it's been an issue. So the IB, like, you can't do K through 12 for IB. We have to mm-hmm. um, work off another textbook or something. So it doesn't even, it's useless for that. Exactly. Have you been able to attend class using K-12, the Class Connect sessions? Well, I have been able to attend one, maybe two classes, but for one of them, it crashed. For the other one, Many people were not able to log in because it was super slow and then the cyber attack. So it was just a mess. Yeah. Do you believe that there are better alternatives to K-12? What are they? Well, I think Teams is a pretty decent alternative. It has like all the features you really need. It has a chat function. It has the meetings. And um, if teachers need something else, then they could use their own materials. They can use like, you can use the textbooks or some other online materials where um, you can teach the class. Exactly. I agree. If schools were to reopen with the current epidemic statistics like right now, would you return? Yeah, I would probably return because the infection rate, uh, it's dropping. And also the CDC already said that out of the deaths in the United States, only 6% of them were caused solely based on, no, due to coronavirus because um, they like the people, so 94% of every, of the people who died, they had a pre-existing condition already, which contributed. And so, I mean, young people, it doesn't really affect them as much. And uh, it's basic, like, I guess if you wear a mask and you wear, you know, you protect yourself, uh, social distancing, it should be fine. Hmm. Okay. Have you considered that, you know, while it might not have adverse health effects for you, it might have adverse health effects for people in your family or extended um, just, you know, the chain of people in school. You know, yeah, well, that could, could, that could certainly you, be a problem. You returning could, could increase the infectivity overall, which could, you know, kill people that are way out. Yeah, that could be a problem for some people. That's why if you have, like, old family members in your house, then you probably should not come. But if you are perfectly healthy, everyone's in your family is super healthy, I think that you should be able to come back to school. Mm-hmm. What are your opinions regarding the cyber attacks against the NDCPS servers? Well, I certainly think that the cyber attack contributed. I believe it was a DDoS attack. And so they just denied service to many by slowing down the servers. But I also think that they just weren't prepared enough. I think that there were way too many students in NDCPS that the servers couldn't handle it either way. So uh, regardless of a cyber attack, it probably wouldn't have worked anyways. Yeah, I agree. I agree, definitely. 
Do you think that the K-12 platform justifies its $15 million price tag? Certainly not. Because not only... I guess for elementary schoolers, it would probably be fine. But especially for middle school and high schoolers, it doesn't even contain the AP or IB course materials. And $15 million for a platform that's super slow and doesn't contain material is a huge waste of our taxpayer dollars. So I think that this school should have just um, stuck with platforms that we already use, like Teams or Zoom. All right, thank you for your time. All right, thank you. Thank you for talking to Daniel. Those are some really interesting thoughts. As a whole, I think we can just agree that although students want to go back in an overwhelming level, just with the volume of kids that we have and the safety concerns, it's just not possible it's not for feasible. us to go back. It's not feasible. Teachers and students alike, it's just not going to be safe. And are we willing to risk our safety for a school environment, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it. Well, thank you for tuning into the Viral Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Gabriel Wagner. She's and I'm Chloe Grant. We'll see you guys later. Goodbye.